Welcome to the Super Sentai Brothers. This is episode 35 of A View to a Kaku Ranger, the internet's best and only podcast dedicated to Ninja Sentai Kaku Ranger. Every week we watch an episode of the show, we share our thoughts with you, the listeners. My name is Matt J. With me as always is my co-host and brother Dave. Dave, how you doing today, bud? Not bad, man. Just, uh, you know, just hanging out. Hanging out, living a life, enjoying your Living Sunday. a life. Yeah, everything's going really well. Cool. Sounds good. Yeah, uh, twins are sleeping fairly well, which is great, and, uh, you know, that's really it. That's, like, the highlight of my, that's the new highlight of my universe, is, did the twins sleep well last night? And if the answer is yes, then, like, my day is good. And if the answer is no, then my day is, like, not great. Like, your day, your life has gotten extremely binary based on, like, one equate, like, one Yeah, there was, like, one thing, and it is, did the twins, because the question is, did the twins sleep well, which is, did I sleep well? Like, did I actually get to go to sleep last night, or did I not? Right, right. So, yeah, that's uh, that's pretty much it. But they did sleep fairly, they slept fairly well last night, which is great. Nice. You know what else is nice? Yeah. I have a guess as to what you're going to say. Yeah, it's episode 35 I feel like Sentai Cocker Ranger, Dave. Yeah, I was going to say, I feel like we've established a pretty solid pattern here, so <clears throat> I knew that was coming. Uh, Dave, what is uh, yeah? Yeah, it, it is called the Three Punishment Sisters. Um, All right, it's very good, and I'm very looking forward to talking to you about it. Uh, and I'm going to keep moving on because I feel like I did not use the right words in that previous sentence. But if I just keep moving forward, then no one's going to like scrub back in the podcast feed to make sure that I screwed it up. So let's yeah, just listen, Matt. On. There's no we need to live a life free from regrets, and that means just uh, just moving on. So Matt, Dave, always moving forward, always moving forward. Yep. So Dave, in the spirit of moving forward. Let's get to our award-winning opening segment. Dave, shining in the heavens, there are five stars. What is our first star of the week? So our first star of the week, this is the, okay, this is the only star I have, Matt, and it's not even a real, it's not even like a full star, because like I said, my, my whole life is just very full right now, but I wanted to contribute something. So here's two fun stories from, uh, from school. The first one is that uh, this last week, last school week, was the last week for seniors at our school. Because as is like pretty standard, seniors get out like a week before, a week or two before everybody else. Because we want to have like graduation and they need to be like done. And then like, so they're all set up. Yeah, right? yeah. And so um, there is a, there was a girl in one of my classes, in my AP language class. And she, she like, she did very well over the course of the school year. And she was very nice to have in class. And uh, as she was leaving on Friday, on like her last day, she... Like, without saying anything, she just, like, dropped an envelope on my desk as she was, like, walking by in the sort of way where you, like, you want to give someone something, but you don't know. Like, you do like not you're, like, like slightly embarrassed. With it. Yeah, 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 exactly. Like, you're, like, embarrassed because that's, like, who you are as a person. Because you're, I shouldn't say who you are as a person. Everybody's embarrassed about that sort of thing. Uh, and so she just drops it on my desk. And I open it up. And she had written this, like, really lovely uh, thank you note about like class and how much she had enjoyed it and how much she learned and like oh how nice Mr. 
Mr. J, you did like a great job and you're like one of the best teachers I've ever had and all of this stuff. So, um, yeah, it was really nice to get like just, you know, like just that little hit of like affirmation, like a person that I taught turned around and said like, yes, I'm like glad that you are my teacher and like you did a great job and I learned a lot. Uh, so, yeah, so that was really cool. That's very nice, Dave. Yeah. And, uh, and the second is actually it was on that same day is uh, it was prom. Because prom is that last that Friday, and I was looking. So this is not a thing. No, actually, that is a thing we did when we were in high school. So at our school, they call it lineup. I don't know if they call it that anyplace else, but it's like before prom, and all the kids go to like a designated location to take pictures. Oh yeah, they need to take pictures with each other, and like you know, the parents show up, and it's like, oh, that's like my kid's friend that like I've known forever. So like, let me get a picture with you, and like picture, 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 because everybody loves pictures. Sure, you take care of all that stuff, and then the kids go to prom. Yeah, and so uh, my wife Beth is friends with a couple of the kids on Facebook. I'm not friends with anybody who's still in high school because that's super weird. Uh, when they graduate, then that's what they, I tell them. I'm like, when you graduate, we can be Facebook friends, and so. Uh, Beth was looking at some Facebook pictures, which, and she like called me over because they were pictures of lineup. And I was like, oh, like, let me see the kids. And they got all dressed up and they look like real human beings. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and I, I was looking and I, because you also get to find out at lineup, like who asked who to prom, right? Oh yeah, I guess you would. Yeah. And it's the I, big reveal. And, Right. Well, I mean, you know, it's not usually like a secret, except like they don't they don't tell me. Sure. They're not like, hey, I Mr. Jerry, really, why would you know, they? That would be a right. strange thing. That would be a weird thing to bring up. Although I will say teaching high school is a little bit like watching a soap opera every day. And so you do get like weirdly invested, not from like a personal standpoint. But just like you're because, watching again, two characters that would be, interact and you want to know how the story yeah, arc like, is going to go. <laughs> You're just like, how is this going to happen? Like, are you guys going to finally get together? Like, everybody's just waiting for it. Ah, you know, <laughs> it is. It's like you're watching a TV show, but they're real people. And so um, well, I think I may have mentioned. So they're halfway yeah, to real people. They're almost there. And so <laughs> I think I may have mentioned that uh, when we did Much Ado About Nothing in the, in the spring, that was our play, I cast uh, Claudio, which is one of the leads, as a, as a girl. And the and the girl who is playing Hero, who is like the love interest opposite Claudio, mm-hmm. both those girls in like in in the play they were uh, they were lesbians, but in real life they are also lesbians. Okay, and uh, and they the older of the two, the girl who played Hero, asked Claudio to prom. Oh, that's great! And so they went to prom together, and I think I think they might be dating. Which, as a again, as like a as a soap opera thing, that I think is the like that's the goal always as a theater director. Like you cast two people opposite each other, and they're super cute in the play, and then they get together in real life. Yeah, I feel like that is the like if if someone's high school experience is a like cute movie, that is the yes. arc of that story. Yeah, precisely. Like it's it's like an engineered meat cute, but you made it happen. Well, what's great is and that again, much to do about nothing is all about an engineered meat cute. It is, uh, and again, I do feel a little bit weird. I can't stress enough just how much this is like watching a soap opera. Like if I think of it, if I think of it too much, it's like oh yeah, they're like real people with real lives and real emotions. Which like obviously yes, of course they are. 
Uh, but the story arc, the story is where I'm really interested. Ah, the story. So yeah, that's those are my. Thing. That's the thing. The play's the thing, Matt. Uh, so that's my two fun school things. Well, fun. What? Yeah. So uh, what is your third, second? What's the second star of the week, Matt? Okay, Dave. The second star of the week is that uh, producer Mark has just left my apartment. Um, mm-hmm. And over the course of the last, let's see, what time is it now? The last like 12, 18 hours, because he also came over last night. We have watched Fast and Furious, Fast Five, Fast Six, and Furious Seven. Okay, I'm really glad to know that Matt, that producer Mark was over at your place last night because I know that he had had to work that like yesterday, and he was not back home like at midnight, which is when I went to bed. And I genuinely thought oh, that he was just stuck that at he work just had night. like, yeah, that he had been like stuck at work for like 16 hours. It was just like, dude, that is rough. I'm much happier to know that he, uh, that he was at your place. Oh yeah. No, it was great. Like we got like a couple of beers and we ordered some pizzas and we just sat down and watched so many cars, Dave. So dude, so that's many cars. awesome. And okay, here's the thing because we watched, we tried to watch them all sort of like in quick succession, but we got sort of sidetracked because of life stuff. So we had watched the first three fairly close together, right? Mm-hmm. And then we took a break of like a month. And then Mark and I just sat down and watched the next four. And what's crazy right. about that is that the first three are like, they're, they're car race movies, right? They're street racing movies, right? Like there's yeah. some cop stuff in it. And some adventure and some guns. But mostly, those are, like, street racing movies. Yes. But in the course of the last 18 hours, Dave, those street racing movies... I mean, okay, it took the it took the world, like, you know, eight years to get through all this. But for me, in the course of the last day, those street racing movies have gone from look at these fun, fast cars to if we don't counter hack the god's eye the world will end (laughs) yeah those movies get like real intense very very quickly um yeah and so listen do i have any like new fresh hot takes on the fast and furious franchise no listen you you've probably heard this uh the fast and furious franchise is over the top and amazing and also like okay here are the two things that the fast and furious movies are good at they are good at like crazy car and action stuff and they are good at, like, emotions. They're not necessarily good at, like, the dialogue around the scenes in which those emotions occur. But the emotions yeah. that they evoke themselves are genuine and, like, well-constructed. Especially because, like, at this point, these movies have been around for so long that you're like, oh, yeah, these characters have a relationship going back to the year 2001, and I'm now watching them do new stuff. And, like, I I genuinely care about these relationships, Dave. They're a family. They're They're not just friends. (laughs) There is something really powerful to be said for just a series that's that long. Because you can just do stuff that does not work in other, in other like genres. Like if you don't have eight movies to create this story, like it just doesn't make a whole lot of sense. Yeah, and it's you know like listen, there are more movies in like the Marvel Cinematic Universe, but those are all split up amongst a bunch of different characters. Yeah, These... exactly. There's not okay. eight Thor movies. Now listen. Tokyo Drift is sort of separate from the other ones, but they do manage to tie it in 
pretty well, actually. Yeah, I was going to say, they pull it back in. And dude, so. listen, if there's, if there's one thing I want for the future of this franchise, it's for the star of Tokyo Drift to come back and be a part of, like, Dominic Toretto's family. I, I desperately want this. That would be uh, that would be I don't super. Know why super cool. I care so much about the Drift King coming back, but I just I I feel like it would be good for everyone. Yeah, man, I really like I super duper wanted to be part of that with you guys. Like, obviously, I just wasn't able to do it, but uh, I have seen the movies in the past. They're super great. So I assume this means that you guys are planning to. Are you going to go see? The fate, the, the fate of the Furious tonight? If we can swing it after you and I are done recording, Dave, yeah, Mark and I are going to go see The Fate of the Furious tonight. Nice. Nice. That's awesome. Now, the trick of this, of course, is that um, if we don't do it tonight, I'm probably not going to see it in the theaters because, as I mentioned before, I'm about to go on vacation for two weeks to go visit our uh, parents in Sweden. Oh, yeah. That's going to be rad, man. You're really going to have a good it time. It is going to be great. I mean, I hope. I assume you will. I had a great oh, time. Oh, yeah, sure. Sweden was a ton of fun. Um, you know, it's Sweden, I assume, is great, and our family is also great, so... Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. But Here's it, it the, does uh, put a, a real clock on when I can see Fast and Furious, and I'm hoping to do it tonight. It does. I will tell you, uh, Matt, so here is the... Uh, there's three. There's only three things you need to know in Swedish. There's only, like, three phrases that you need to know. Okay. Uh, just because, like, basically everybody speaks English. If you can, uh, if you just say "Hey, hey," which just means "Hi," Easy and uh, if you can say "Nai," yeah, "Nai," which just means "No," and if you can say uh, "Tak," "Tak" is "Thank you," and then if you can just pronounce the word "Ingelska," which is the Swedish word for English, uh, everyone would just be like, "Oh, yeah, 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 sure, absolutely, I totally speak English," and then they speak okay, English. Nice. It's very convenient. Yeah, yeah. So really, you can probably get by with just Ingelska, and then they'll speak English to you. You're fine. I, I was trying to do a little Duolingo on that, but I fell off the train. But Dave, we are not here to talk about my Swedish vacation. We will talk about that the next time we get together, which I we should will. note as a programming note is probably not going to be next week just because vacation. Yeah. Sadly, we, we tried to get ahead of stuff, but... We did, it, but babies, guys, uh, it's just there's so much... There's so much baby. So I mean, uh, listen, but, Dave, if, if you and Mark want to do an episode while I'm gone, feel free. Uh, yeah, maybe we can make that happen. We'll we'll see. We'll play that one by ear. But what, Matt, is our third star of the week? Third star of the week, Dave, is another thing that producer Mark and I are going to go do. Um, we just got tickets to go see the Mystery Science Theater 3000 live show when it comes to Cleveland in August. Oh man, that looked so cool. I know. And listen, like, it's tickets. Okay, so here's how it worked. Mark and I were, and uh, and other people that we know, but, like, Mark and I are the guys that I know in Cleveland who did this. We backed the Kickstarter. And backing the Kickstarter right. meant that we got early access. Yeah, you and, like, a hajillion to, other people. Right. Well, we got early access to the, the tickets for the tour, right? Oh, you know, that's really cool of them to sort of, like, open that up for you guys first yeah so it was like a 12 hour window in which like we could get the tickets early from like 10 a.m to 10 p.m so 10 a.m to like 5 p.m i was at work and i didn't really have time and we couldn't figure out like which one of us is going to buy tickets and how many we were going to get and so forth yeah yeah yeah, i wasn't able to sort of circle around with mark until about eight right so i figure okay right we're 10 hours into this 12 hour window but you know it's this is for the show in Cleveland. It's not for the, you know, for like a New York show or something. And it's only the people right. who have backed the Kickstarter. So I'm assuming mm-hmm. 
So we're fine. Yeah, like there's probably a couple dozen people in Cleveland who both backed the show and also have the money to go to the live show and also <laughs> remember to do it. You know, like there's a lot of factors going on here. Right, like we'll be able to get tickets for sure. Yeah, plus, like the nice thing is that basically all the tickets to that show were in the same price range. Like, yeah, except for like the ver- like the nosebleeds, which were $40 tickets. Every other seat in the house was a $50 ticket. Which right. is actually reasonable. Yeah, that's not. Especially that's since totally it's like fine. right after my birthday, so I'm like rationalizing it by saying that it was my birthday present to myself. Totally um, legit. I do. I will say. I I have a feeling I know where this is going. <laughs> well, okay. Here's where it's going: is that 8 p.m. I log on to like the ticket buying website, and I discover that trying to find two tickets together. Like two seats in the same part of the theater at this point meant that I was buying those nosebleed forty dollars seats. Like they were all no gone. kidding. Yeah, wow, and so like man. I did manage to get us tickets, and we were gonna go. But like, do you remember where we sat in the theater when we went to go see Anthony Bourdain? Yeah, like you know, we it's in see, that like same, but it's in that same section. Uh, listeners, you no, obviously I mean, were not there with us when we went to go see that. But it's, it's like, like we were like way up in the thing. It's like the balcony, like the bleachers of the mezzanine, basically. Now, hold on. Like, are they doing, is this tour hitting like Pittsburgh and Detroit and stuff? Or like just coming to Cleveland and they're pulling from like a tri-state area? I just no, don't. It's, it's actually a pretty um, pretty comprehensive tour. They're only doing one show in Cleveland. I don't have the map in front of me, but like I know they're doing a show in Columbus earlier. They're doing shows like probably in Chicago, probably, you know, like at least one somewhere in Pennsylvania. This is just yeah, the people I mean, around I mean, here. They're definitely doing if they're coming to Cleveland, they're they're going to Chicago. Like, let's be real. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah, um, yeah. They're probably doing two shows <laughs> in Chicago. Oh, and that's the thing. Actually, like a lot of places are doing two shows, but in Cleveland, they're only doing one. I feel like we're getting uh, okay. away from any place where this is like a funny thing for me to make jokes about. And I'm just telling you the logistics of what I'm doing in August. But I was just very this excited. Ha- and I wanted well, everybody to know. Well, let me tell you actually something super fun about uh, MST3K. I so it's the end of the school year and because of like the nature of the courses I teach like normally I don't do this but this year like my last two weeks of school are kind of just like filler time uh-huh. because like the the way that like tests fall and like the end of the school year and all of this stuff so I've just we just kind of been like hanging out doing like makeup work time and so I was like do you guys want to like have something on the TV while you're like doing makeup work whatever and the kids are like yeah sure and I was like what should we watch and they're like oh let's just watch a comedy and I said well have you guys ever seen MST3K have you ever seen Mystery Science Theater have you ever even like heard of it and a whole like one or two kids were like oh yeah I think I've heard of that but most of them were like no I've never oh yeah well, like I've never heard of it been, I've never seen it like those kids were born and raised in the time that Mystery Science Theater was off the air right and so I was like no guys let me like let me play this thing for you and so I pull up the Puma Man the MST3K Puma Man and I was like so here's the deal like this is the nature of the show they just watch terrible movies and riff on them. And like, and make fun of them. And the kids were like, mm, I don't know about that. I was like, no, trust me. It's amazing. And I put it on and I was so gratified because all of these high school kids were like losing it, like about how funny this show was. And it just felt really good. It's just like, no, man, it holds up. It wasn't just like a weird artifact of like a particular time. It's like really genuinely good and yeah. funny. Even though uh, I'm sure that, like, they I, even fewer of the references than we did. 
Right. But anyways, uh, yeah. So MST3K holds up. It's a, it's a glorious thing. So what, Matt, is our fourth Star of the Week? Fourth Star of the Week, Dave. Very briefly, we had our annual office bowling party. Oh, uh, yeah. Where the whole office, office. Sort of like packs up and goes off to a bowling alley and we bowl for a couple hours. Yeah. Hashtag fun office. Um, right. And this year, Dave, I, I remembered how to bowl. Because oh, I nice. used to be okay at bowling, right? So, like, in, in high school, I took, Yeah, well, like you a, took a class. Yeah, I took a class at the local community college instead of taking... It's a thing that you can do in Ohio where, like, you take a class at the community college and it counts for, like, college and high school credit. And I... That's not uncommon. Like, a lot of places have that. Yeah, I figured. I'm just I'm giving people some background information. Yeah. Um, and so, I did that. So, I didn't go to gym class this one semester in high school, but I did take this bowling class, which was essentially... I got to leave school twice a week for a couple hours, go to a bowling alley, and bowl for free for, like, a semester. It was amazing. Um, It was great, because bowling was super fun. And so, like, at that point, I learned how to bowl, but I feel like every other time I bowl, I can't actually put those pieces together anymore. But, and I Mm. think, here's, here's where the magic was, Dave. They had a playlist going that was all music from, like the late 90s, early 2000s. Like, everything that was on the radio when we were in high school. And, Dude. And so I feel like the like hearing those songs like activated some sort of muscle memory of the last time that I was good at bowling. Dude, there is something... You're probably right, first of all. Second of all, I am not like a, a big music guy, but... Uh, you know, like life advice, marry someone you can be embarrassed with. Beth and I, if like we're driving around and it's summertime particularly because like it doesn't work as well in the winter. Like we will, we will put on like 90s, like pop radio, like top 40 hits. Not even songs. This is the key, Matt. Not, not even songs, songs that, that I necessarily like. liked. Yeah. Songs I did not like at the time, but that I do know and are catchy. And we will blast those songs and just like cruise down the highway singing like All American. I don't even, I think All American Rejects, is that the name of our band, right? It, I think it is. Like this is how little I've invested in this, but I do know the choruses to all of these right, songs. You don't know and the it's, name uh, it's, of the band, but you know every word to their song. <laughs> right. I don't even know the title of the song. I just know, I know the, I know the hook. That's the part that I know. Well, the hook brings you back, Dave, of course. Okay, well, that I actually do. I really like Blues Traveler, okay. so anyway, that maybe is so not the, a great example. The, the, the capper on this story is that everyone on my team did very well, and we won, like, the first place team trophy. So now I have, like, a ah, fancy trophy at my desk. At nice. Work, which means that I am now officially the envy of all, like, dads from 70s TV because I got my bowling oh, yeah. trophy. You got a bowling trophy. Apropos of nothing, you know which of our friends is actually a really good bowler? No. Uh, friend of the show and former uh, guest host, Bill Tobin. Oh, nice. And host of uh, LARP, LARPcast, uh, his own podcast, is actually, like, he's like, like, he's like a good bowler. Like, he, I don't know how much he does it anymore, but like, he has shoes and a ball. Oh, like, he's, he's like a that, legit good bowler, not just like, yeah, a that in bowler. my head, like, if you have shoes and a ball, like if you own your own stuff, like you're in like a totally different echelon of, of like a bowler. Oh yeah, and it's also if you do that one thing where you only use one of the three like holes on the ball and you throw it with like a corkscrew toss. Oh yeah, that's amazing. If you can that's, do that you successfully. Know. I don't care if you get a good score. I'm just immediately impressed by you. Yeah, absolutely. 
So uh, that's unsuper fun, Matt. Congratulations on your trophy. What is our fourth star of the week? Fourth, uh, fifth star of the week, Dave, is Force Works. Yes, Force, Force Works. The old comic book. Yes, the comic book. Force okay. Works. I have very little to say about this, which is good because we're somehow running a little long on these stars. But okay, I saw this week that there were two issues of Force Works that came up in Marvel Unlimited added to the app. Frustratingly, they're issues six and seven instead of one and two, so you can't actually Dudes. figure out where this series started. Sometimes Marvel just Marvel Unlimited does that. I don't know why. And I, I think probably because they tied in with something. But here here is why I am so fascinated with Forceworks. Is because Forceworks was the same team, basically, as the characters in the Iron Man cartoon show from the 90s. It was a, that was a little bit Avengers West Coast, but mostly Forceworks. And I say mostly Forceworks because that cartoon show had Century, which is a character that I yeah, think only ever existed weird... in Forceworks and also that cartoon show. And what's crazy yeah, to what me, was that dude's deal? Okay, see that that is what is fascinating to me about Forceworks is that dude. Because if you do not remember this character, well, that's kind of the point. Like, he only ever existed in this very brief window, but he got this, like, like you know, they put him on a rocket ship and send him to the moon. Like, they were really trying to, like, push this guy on you. Like, this is the new dude that is important. He's in the cartoon show. He's in this other comic book. Like, this is the guy that we're like, all Like, he is love. a big deal. And they convinced me. Like, when Man, I was I'm a kid, sure... I, I was convinced that that dude was as important as any other member of that team, including Iron Man. Yeah, uh, man, I'm sure there has got to be, like, a wrestling term for for what that is. Um, I mean, I, it's, it's what... You know, there is a wrestling... That is a thing that happens in wrestling. Um, and, do, and people do sometimes call it giving them the rocket ship. Where like they okay. just shove the rocket ship up their butt and like try to shoot them up as high and quickly as what they can, um, and people do not typically uh, respond to it well. Um, but I responded yeah, to I mean, it well. That makes sense. Century. I thought he was important. Yeah, no, I bought it, and he was like a weird. He had like chains everywhere. It was the nineties, of course. He had chains, chains everywhere. And, like, a couple of tasteful a, skulls, a, a big like double sided axe. Yeah, but like both the blades are on one side. Looked kind of even at the time. I thought that was a little bit dumb. But here, here I think is what's fascinating is like looking back at that character now. You know, he's he's nothing, right, in the grand scheme of things. Yeah, he like like, that dude has not been in a book in for however long. Yeah, I think he cameoed in something a few years ago in the team called the Revengers, but that was not like a real star turn for him. But yeah, <laughs> I think what's really interesting is to, like try to read comic books now and figure out who that character is in the modern era. So like you got Century, and then like the confusingly similarly named Sen- the Sentry, I think was another character who mm-hmm. got that similar treatment, where he was just everywhere for a while, and now he doesn't exist. The Hood was another yeah. one. Gravity was yeah, another one. Uh, yeah, I don't know, man. Uh, I got a couple of guesses, but like whatever. Yeah, uh, my my guess, by the way, is uh, Agent Coulson. Oh, like Agent Coulson. I don't know. As, That's tough. But Agent Coulson as a character in the comics. Oh, okay. Yeah, I can see that. You know, like he pops up if you only like if you were a guy in the year twenty twenty three 
and you are reading the comic books from the year 2015, and you're like, why is this one like shield like, agent what all is up with over this the place? Dude? That's my take, but and not that I don't Which, like. Which, uh, hey stuff. Matt, right? Hey Matt, have you are you caught up on Shield yet? Have is that a thing that you've done? No, I'm too far behind to catch up on like the current episodes, and so I have to wait until it's all like bundled on a next Netflix season. But Dave, on an, oh, dude. we don't have time to talk about that show because it is I time know what's, to talk it's about so another good, show. Though. Do you know which show that is, Dave? I've got a pretty reasonable guess. I think. Lay it on me. Is it is it Ninja Sentai Kaku Ranger? It is in fact, my friend, Ninja Sentai Kaku Ranger, episode thirty-five. Would, the three punishments. That would have been sisters. a weird shift if it wasn't. Uh, and we will be right back. Ninja, ninja. Okay, welcome back. So we have just finished watching episode thirty-five of Ninja Sentai Kaku Ranger, the Punishment Sisters, and Dave. I love the Punishment Sisters. Do you, yeah no I, well it was, was really confusing because I well let's not talk about it actually. Let's just get into the episode. Okay. So as we start off, we have Sudahime, and she is like sitting on a beach by herself, pretending to play a pan flute, like super clearly yeah. not playing this thing. Yeah, very definitely not actually not actually playing. <laughs> it is as though they told her, like, hey, play this pan flute. And she said, well, and she just said, well, how does yeah, one I don't... do that? And they say, oh, well, just hold it close to your mouth and then, like, look wistfully into the beach. Right. Um, it's a very, I don't know why I felt this way, Matt, but, oh, because she says, there's like a little thing. She says, every time the ocean breeze blows through my hair, my heart becomes clearer. And there's this, like, flute music happening in the background. And for me, it was just very much like a Final Fantasy Crystal Chronicles moment. Uh, yeah, I can see that. Sorry, if you've never played Final Fantasy Crystal Chronicles, it's just uh, it's just weird poetry that doesn't make any sense with like charming and envi- like ambient music. That's pretty much how that works. Yes, and that was such a good game. But it was a really good game. Yeah. That is that is a different show entirely. Um, a show that we don't do, where people talk about Final Fantasy all the time. <laughs> a show that we probably shouldn't do because I haven't played most of those games. But back to the show that we do do. Um, so she's sitting on the beach and she hears the whole gang calling to her. They're sort of like off the beach, all sort of hanging out of Nekamaru, waving and calling to her. Yeah, they totally ruined the moment. Like my, I thought that this was supposed to, this was like really going to lead into like a cool contemplative moment. And the guys are just like in the background yelling at Tsuruhime, like, Tsuruhime, we're all, we're all ready to go. You good? Are you done and, uh, musing, maybe? Is that yeah, what you're doing? Yeah, I thought they ruined the moment. I guess Tsuruhime did not, because she just turns around and is just like, guys, I love you. And then she turns around and like runs towards them and is like super happy. So we cut from so, there to a little yeah. kid running to school. And she is, you can tell that she is late because no one else is running into school at the same time. Yes, and it's she it like zooms in on this keychain that she has, which I assume to be significant, but then we can't actually see it because she they don't stop her. So they can get like an establishing shot of this thing. All we see is it like jangling around. So like whatever this keychain is, we don't actually know. I don't know why we zoomed in on it. But she runs into school and there's at first it seems like there's nobody there. Like, so I think that she's running into, like, an empty building and, like, that's going to be the weirdness. Turns out the weirdness is not that nobody's there. It's that everybody's there. 
and they're just like totally silent. Yes. Like all the kids are just sitting in their chairs, looking straight ahead, not saying anything. And there's no teacher in the room. Like she runs into the room and sits down and is sort of like looking ahead, but nothing else is happening in the room. So because she's a little kid and she can't sit still for more than like three seconds in those sort of circumstances, she turns to her friend who she sat down next to and she pulls the little charm off of her backpack and it's a little like, was it a cow? Is that what that was? Yeah, it's a little cow. It's a cute cartoon cow. And she sort of right. does this fun thing where like she has the charm like jump up the arm of her friend as though it's like a little cow running up her arm. It's like, hey, yeah, hello, and... how, are, how, are you, how are you, friend? Let's have a, a fun yeah. school time together. And then, <laughs> and then her friend turns to her and is like, oh, you're not wearing your what a talisman badge? You're not wearing your comma badge. And the little girl, whose name we will find out later is Hanayo, is like, excuse me now? Uh, and, and then and then things get real weird. All, <laughs> all of the all students of in the, the class stand up, turn around and face her, and then just start saying comma, 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 comma all over again. And if you, in your head, just finish that out by saying comma chameleon, then you are exactly like me. Oh, I missed that. And so... She yeah, it's really weird. It's very much like it's super creepy. All the kids are just repeating this over and over again. And the little girl, Hanayo, is very confused, obviously. And all of the kids start like walking towards her. And she drops her little keychain, and then her friend, whose name is Megumi, steps on it as like she it doesn't break, which I thought was really funny. Like obviously it's meant to be like, ah, crush this keychain. But I guess it's just like hard plastic and this little girl is not heavy enough to actually break it. Right. Like so if, she just walks over it. Like if this were an anime, clearly that thing would have broken into a thousand pieces. Yeah. And then uh, Hanayu just runs away. Uh, and I guess these kids are all like mind controlled, so they can't run. Everybody, if, you, if you're mind controlled, you can't run. No, that's and important. And so yeah. she just Mind controlled yeah. people can be convinced to walk in a particular direction, but only very slowly. Yeah. So we go from there and we see Nekamaru and uh, Nekamaru is just driving down the road and it's like what looks like some kids like run in front of it. So Tsuruhime who's driving like breaks really hard and she like pops out because she sees whoever it is that has run across the road in front of Nekamaru is like moving. Right. Like this is, they're not just like jogging. Yeah, they're like ninja moving. They're like running, like ju- running, jumping, climbing trees. Doing some sick flips. Yeah, and so Surihime is like, whoa, what's going on? If they're ninja and they're not us, like, they're definitely bad guys. So she starts chasing them. She can't actually catch up, except, uh, like, when these when these two other people, like, run o- jump over a fence, as they are jumping over, like, in that moment that it takes them, Surihime like, launches some shuriken. So the shuriken hit the fence, they explode, the two people land... They pop up, and it's two It's two girls. I shouldn't say girls. Two young women. Definitely older than I thought. Like, I thought they were going to be kids. They're actually around Tsuruhime's age. Yes. Well, significantly, they are probably almost exactly Tsuruhime's age. Because they turn around, and they're like, hey, who are you? How dare you, like, interrupt our investigation? And then they see it's Tsuruhime, and they're like, what? Tsuruhime? And she sees that it's whoever they are, and she similarly flips out. Right, because as it turns out, these are her best friends from childhood. Yes! They're like, and they are also from a ninja family? Okay, Dave, remember when we were preparing to talk about this episode and I told you that I had some very exciting news? Yeah, very briefly. Okay, here's the jam. 
these are not just Surihime's old friends. Okay. So the actress who plays Surihime, like a year or two before Kaku Ranger, was in a different show that Toei made called Yugen Jiko Sisters Shushutorian. Okay. And it was like Surihime, like the actress who plays Surihime, and these two actresses. And it is a show about these three characters as like a ninja team. Wait a minute. Yes. Is it is it like very explicitly definitely them? It is 100% explicitly definitely them. Like it's in okay. a different universe and so it's not like exactly exactly the same, but the like per- her name isn't Surihime or whatever, yeah, like, but if you watch this episode and had like I I did a little like research on this show, like as much as I could find. There wasn't a whole lot that I got on my sort of cursory look. Although if you the listeners know more about that show, please tell me. Because it was yeah. it was like the fourteenth and final season of this other show that Toei was making, that was like more specifically like comedy based than action based. Okay, Matt, this is incredible because like later on in my notes, like okay, you've you've a tiny bit spoiled it, I guess. Like yeah, like they are Jurihime and these two girls are like a ninja team. My, I'm. I wrote down. I was like, "This is incredible. Why is this not just the show? Like, why can't I just watch a show about these three? And you just told me that I can. So maybe what we will. Okay, I don't want to like commit to this too hard. But if we can't find anything else to do, maybe I'll just try and find an episode of this show and review that for you guys. Uh, because this looks amazing. Yes, I. Hey, if you can find a show, if you can find an episode of this show, uh, I would love, love, love to hear about it. So, there are things in this episode that you've already noticed are, like, kind of weird. Like, Surihime starting with, like... And a lot of this is speculation on my part. But, like, Surihime starting the episode, like, at the beach with, like, a monologue and this pan flute. Like, saying these... Yeah, there's definitely, like, something going on. That definitely... Once I knew that, that felt like, oh, maybe that is something that was in the structure of the other show. Right. Like, that's got to be a callback to this other thing. Well, I tell you what, like, let's not worry about it too much. But if we can find an episode of this and watch it, like, we'll we'll check back. Yeah. So, so going forward, sort of as we're talking about this episode, like, keep in mind that this is also, like, a fun reunion show for these other three characters. Yeah, so we the other guys show up and they're like, Surihime, like, what's going on? And she's like, oh, these are like my two besties from way back. Like, we were ninja schoolgirls, like, back in the day. We used to punish bullies. Um, I honestly had really assumed that the three punishment sisters were going to be the villains of this episode. It's not. It's these three. They are the three punishment sisters. And, uh, and they say we used to be like ninjas and we beat up bullies, which, first of all, I want to say is amazing. Uh, second of all, I love the idea that, and I guess this is actually like a super anime thing, that they're just ninjas, but that like they do their ninja training in their off time and that they do just go to like a regular school wherein they would have problems with bullies that they would use their ninja powers to like reprimand officially. Absolutely. And I also love finding out stuff where like a character on a team had like a secret superhero background prior to being the superhero that you know them as. Always, always. Oh, like, that's, uh, that's this is not re- actually. Like, listen, half of the reason that I love Warren Worthington the Third is like the one throwaway backstory bit where he was the Avenging Angel before he was one of the X Men. Uh yeah, I actually always forget about that, but that is well, definitely I mean, it's, a thing. It's super irrelevant to almost every story he's in. 
Um, oh, this is apropos of nothing, except, I mean, it's in the episode. They do have some new outfits. Uh, Sa- well, Tsuruhime doesn't, but Sasuke definitely does. Yes, I was going to talk and, about these. Uh, why don't we, uh, why don't oh we my break gosh. this down? Yeah, just thank goodness. I gotta be honest, man. I don't remember a whole lot of details about the outfit, except that uh, the shorts, the shorts are gone. Well, okay, which those, is just a balm to my soul. Those shorts are gone. He is still wearing a pair of shorts, which is well, yeah, strange. Okay, these costumes that they're wearing now, or the the outfits rather that they're wearing now, because Sasuke's got a new one, uh, Saizo's got a new one, and Jiraiya has sort of a new one. I think yeah, Sekai a little bit, is not just totally. Back to his original outfit. Yeah, actually, I think he is. You're right. Because I think what's happened is that now they're into the fall, and so, like, they're starting to dress a little bit more warmly. Um, that makes sense. So Sasuke is still wearing a pair of shorts, but now it's just a regular shorts. He has gotten his, like, multi-plaid, like, vest thing back, but instead of wearing three or four other plaid shirts underneath, he's wearing a single-color, like, bright red button-down shirt with the collar turned up and it's unbuttoned like halfway down his chest. Yeah, it is sure he does have a headband on. I think no, like a, no, a, a couple no of headband. necklaces. Oh, and did it, I thought, man, man, okay. No, sorry. I, I've watched this episode twice and I tried to pay particular attention to this. To the headband, notably. Um, um, well, because his hair in this episode is like really like, there's a lot of volume to it. He looks good. He's having a good, feel, you know, yeah, I, I don't like know, Sasuke, conditions. As he has leveled up his ninja skills, has also leveled up his, like, handsome skills. Style game. <laughs> he went through some dark times. Went through that Shorts Valley, and now he's out the other side. Yeah, the master of two worlds. Um, yeah, so, yeah, nice cut. Thank you. Saizo is similarly, like, it's kind of his original gear. Actually, it's kind of just like a palette swap on what Sasuke is wearing, except he has full leg, like pants on. But his shirt Which also is super unbuttoned. Right. I actually, I really dig that they look very similar because they're like best friends and they kind of dress alike, anyways. Yeah, and Jiraiya um, is basically wearing what he has been wearing, like the the khaki pants and the black tank top. But he's also wearing this sort of like army green jacket with the sleeves rolled up. Yeah, I am always, maybe this is small of me, I'm always a little bit bummed out that Jiraiya doesn't just wear his, like, American National Parks, like, hiking outfit, which is just, like, the plaid shirt and the vest and the hiking boots. I just, I really dig that outfit because it's such a specific look. I did like that. And it's, also in my head, it's very American. Well, I mean, it's not quite as American as the very first time we saw him in a cowboy, like, outfit with a hat and a gun on rollerblades. Well, you know, listen, Matt, uh, some things are just too beautiful to live, and we have to recognize that, like, that's the world that we live in. Um, okay, so where, so, I'm sorry, where were we in this actual episode? Because we have gotten so pretty off track. We just uh, we just had met the two sisters, and we actually flip. We flip in the, the narrative here. We go over to our villain for the week, which is Kama Itachi. And Kama Itachi is a, it's like a, it's like a whirlwind Yokai, yeah. The okay. old picture looks like a sort of like a weasel with razor sickle hands. Yes. So he's not a whirlwind yokai per se. I actually looked this dude up because he was featured in that book that a uh, friend of the show Nick got for us. Ah, cool. Um. So here is at least according to that book. Here is the jam on Kama Itachi. Is he's like a like a weasel with like hook razor blades as hands and feet. Okay. And. 
Kama Itachis tend to like attack you in threes, where they like they are carried by a strong wind and blow past you and sort of knock you over. Where the first one sort of knocks you over and the second one slices you up very very badly, but then the okay. third one like heals you most of the huh. way, and so you still have a few like cuts and scrapes, but you're mostly fine. Which is a very dramatic sort of. Uh, way to explain away getting knocked over by a strong breeze and skinning your knee, but I feel like that's actually what it is. Yeah, that makes a ton of sense to me. Like, oh, this felt much worse than it actually was. Uh, it must be that I did get in. They, I did get hurt worse, and I just healed from it. Right, I did get attacked by three razor weasels, but now I'm mostly okay, so I can go on with this. My day. Matt, this is the Japanese. This is like the medieval Japanese yokai equivalent of like the Mandela effect. <laughs> where like I remember it differently, it must obviously have been this other thing. The explanation can't just be I didn't hurt myself as badly as I thought I did. And that's what that's what's going on. So uh, the, the way that this is translated into his like monster yokai form is that he's a giant weasel with a bomber jacket. I thought this and was great, pack. but the jetpack is yeah. like the jetpack has wings. Like, it is a, yeah, it's not like a rocketeer jetpack. It is like he has a jet strapped to his back. It's very good. And so, uh, so we find out, like, here is, here is the plan. Because he, he turns back into his, like, regular person form. No, 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 I'm sorry. It's Kama Itachi and the Kunoichigume, and they are meeting with Daimo. And Daimo says, so how's the plan to turn all the children into yokai through systematized education going? And at first I was like, that's a really weird thing to ask. And I don't understand what you're saying. And Kame Itachi says, oh, no, it's going great. And then we flip to this school building, like the same one that we had already seen. And we see Kame Itachi in his like human-ish form. He still has a weasel nose. I don't understand why. But the Kame Itachi and the Kunoichigumi are like running this school as the principal and the gym teacher and like the history teacher, music teacher and lunch lady and all of this stuff. And they are using the school to like induct a indoctrinate children into like a yokai person. And then also they are feeding them like a mystical yokai transformation juice potion that will turn them into yokai specifically into more Kama Itachi. Yes. Uh, so what what sounded like a bunch of nonsense words when Daimao was asking how the plan was going is actually exactly what they are doing. So uh, as I was watching this show, and they just have, like, it's all the Kunoichigumi, and they're, like, reciting the lessons for the kids, and they're saying, like, the, yo- the yokai are good and like it's bad to be alive and like you should want to be a yokai and all this stuff and it was actually super creepy to me because like as a teacher I've also studied like you know uh evil regimes in real life and like how they use education to like change the youth and I was like Oh, oh yeah, no, this, this is a is, little. Uh, this is this is this is like straight up re-education. Stuff. Yeah, it's a, it's weird. It's real deal creepy, and that's discounting the bits where they all stand up and start chanting "kama kama 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 kama." Chameleon, <laughs> of course. You're welcome. Yeah. Uh, so, <laughs> um, 
Sorry, Matt, I totally lost my train of thought. I just, I got knocked off onto this, like, weird tangent about, like, uh, terrifying real-world re-education camps. Oh, well, if you're worried about terrified uh, re-education camps, Dave, what you should also be worried about is the next thing that Daimyo says, which is, after we figure it out here at this school, we can then take this process and do it all over the country. Oh, yeah, that was upsetting. Oh, uh, one of the classes is called Ideal Yokai. There's a class in Ideal Yokai Society, which yes. I thought was funny. So um, as they're having this conversation, all of a sudden Daimyo's eyes like flash. And he says, oh, I sense the presence of the Kaku Rangers. Yeah. He says there's something something going on here. And we flip out. And we do, in fact, see the Kaku Rangers outside. And they're like, they're poking around and they're like trying to figure out like what is going on. Right, because at this point, they not... really only have the reports of the little girl who had run away, so they don't actually know what's happening or if anything is really happening. And so they've split off into a few groups and are, like, skulking around and, like, peeking through windows to try to catch them doing something evil. Yeah. So, uh, and they're actually not paying super, super close attention because they're just looking in and they're like, oh, well, I guess it's like a class that's happening. And they don't notice that the class is ideal yokai society. And they look in like a music class. And they're like, well, this just seems to be a music class. But the words of the song that the kids are singing are like, I'm so sad. This is all miserable. Like, why do I have to be alive? I wish like I wish I were dead or something. Oh, were they? I, I did not catch that. Yeah, like it's just going on in the background, but I thought it was really in, like it was funny because <laughs> they're the Rangers are like oh, yeah, everything's fine. It's like well, may, pay like slightly closer attention, guys, because uh, things are definitely not not fine. The, the one thing I have in my notes from this part of the episode is as they're all like as they broke up into like little groups to sneak around, um, like. I think Jiraiya had gone off with one of the other Punishment sisters and Saizo and Seikai had gone off with the other one. And then Sasuke just went with Surikime. And yeah. there's a moment where Sasuke's like, man, why did I get put with Surikime? Like, clearly he was like, oh, like your, your new cute friends are here and I really wanted to try to spend... Like, he doesn't say this, but it seems very clear to me that Sasuke's like... Your new cute friends are here, and I wanted to spend time with them and like try to get to know these new girls. But I'm just here with you, and I see you every day. <laughs> um, and Suri, he made like she catches it. She's like off to the side. She's like, "What was that?" And he's like, "Oh, uh, nothing, nothing. That's um, everything's fine. Do not worry about it. Everything, everything's cool with you and me, friend." So they can't find anything. And so they meet back up with the little girl and say, I'm sorry, what was her name? Hanayo? Hanayo, yeah. So they meet back up with Hanayo and are saying like, listen, I'm sorry. We looked around and it doesn't look like there's anything weird. Are you sure you didn't dream it? And then one of her sisters, who I don't know if they're actually sisters or if they are sisters in the same way that they are sisters with uh, Surihime. In like a sort of, I get the impression like, that they are actual friends, our family like, sort of way. No, I think that they are actual literal sisters. Okay. So, like, hey, did you just, like, make up a lie about this to get out of skipping school? And the kid, obviously, is like, no, of course not. And she's like, no, that's an insane thing to ask me. Like, also, see, this is why it makes sense to me that they're actual sisters is because, like, this seems to be, like, a very sibling thing, which is a crazy thing for these older sisters to ask. It's like, hey, you guys are, like, you guys are, like, from a ninja family, maybe like when your little ninja sister says something that is like weird and they're like a bunch of kids are like seem to be possessed by like an ancient evil spirit 
like maybe don't assume that she's just doing it to like get out of school. Right. But they do because, you know, sisters sometimes. Uh, the little girl runs off and all of the like, not adults, but you know, like the cocky rangers and the other punishment sisters are all looking at each other like, well, that's, you know, kids, right? What are you going to do? When all of a sudden you hear a scream from off camera because Hanayo has been like grabbed by uh, Kama Itachi and the Kunoichi Gumi. By the way, I just want to let you know, I said it right that time. I just want to call you did. No. to it. Now we can move on. <laughs> um... So, yeah, so Hanayo is grabbed by the Kunoichi Gumi, and, like, they all sort of, like, run up, and they they kind of see what's going on. Like, they recognize, like, oh, this is, this is what's up. So, now here's the crazy thing about this. Can I interject for a moment, Dave? Yeah, no, go ahead. We've just spent the last, like, five minutes where Daimyo, like, saw the Kaku Rangers coming and then told everyone to, like, you know, obviously, like, they were very specifically, like, being cool, you know? They weren't, like, right. actively transforming people into um, Kama, Kama Itachis. They weren't doing, like, specific yokai stuff that you could see through the window. Like, they were clearly doing that to throw them off the scent, right? Right. And then immediately afterwards, like, in the next scene, they're like, oh, by the way, we are, like, all evil yokai, and we have captured your, like, little girlfriend here. Your little friend who was a Yeah, girl. there doesn't... There's not a whole lot of commitment to the bit of like of of secrecy. They're like, "Oh, you found out. Ah, here's the evil plan." And so, so Kami Itachi, he turns into he like flips back and he turns into his like yokai form and he says, "Here's the deal. Uh, all of these are all these kids are now enemies of the Conquer Rangers. They're all allies of the yokai. We're going to kill you guys." Oh, and he does say, he turns to Hanayo, and he says, ah, I see that you are not wearing your Kama seal. So he, like, slaps one of these badges on her. And we've seen them before, and it's just, like, it's literally just, like, a little name tag that says, like, Kama Itachi on it. But this is, like, the mind control vector. Yes. And so, oh, also, he has summoned a bunch of these kids to stand in between himself and the Kaku Rangers, like, as a human shield. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. He definitely did do that thing. So now Hanayo, like, joins that line of children... And he commands them to all go attack the Kaku Rangers. And they just start running over it. Like, they're little kids, but they're, they've been, like, yokai-powered. Yeah, well, and also I think the Rangers are, you know, reluctant to, like, Kaku laser a little kid. I mean, that's probably for the best, but... Yeah, let's, let's be real. Like, we'd not want to... Anyways, so the kids attack, and then, like, the Kama Itachi just, like, blasts the Rangers. And then commercial break... And then the Rangers have escaped. Like they're all just standing by. They're all standing by a river. It's z- literally zero resolution to that fight. Yeah. So they're they're standing by this body of water. It's a river or a lake or something. And the only reason I mention uh, that they're standing next to it is because we see leaves falling into the water. And it was at this moment that I realized, like, oh, they're wearing new costumes because it's chilly out. Like it is now fall. Matt, I totally did not put that together. I literally just assumed that it was like a costume change because like for funsies. But yeah, of course that makes sense because the last, they changed it originally and it's been about like 12 episodes or something that they were wearing what was very obviously summertime costumes. Yeah, so now now we are officially, with, with this scene and those leaves falling into the water, we are officially in the autumn of Kaku Ranger. 
Okay. Uh, yeah, I guess we are in the... Anyways. So what? they're all there, like including the two older sisters whose names they've said and I don't remember. But they're sad about their little sister. And they're all like, what are we going to do? We're very worried. And the older sisters are like, listen, we are going to help. Like, we're in. Like, we're going to help you guys out. Like, I don't know if they, the sisters, know that these people are, like, Kaku Rangers. Oh, that's a good point. Because they haven't done anything explicitly, like, Kaku Ranger-y yet. But they definitely have, like, demonstrated ninja aptitude. So they yeah, like just I think these are other people from a ninja family. Yeah, I, that's the impression that I get. Because, like, later on, when they turn into the Kaku Rangers, I think these two sisters are like, oh, no way. Like, wow, that's pretty, like, that's impressive. Or, I mean, but they, the, the other possibility is that, like, these two are friends with Tsurihime. And Tsurihime was definitely raised, like, you know, her dad was a Kaku Ranger. She was raised to be a Kaku Ranger. If those oh, three yeah, were that's having, right. like, adventures as a kid, she probably like they probably know that Tsurihime is one of the Kaku Rangers by this point. That's a really good point. I actually had not thought about that. But they say, like, listen, we're in, like, it's our sister, and, like, obviously this is really bad. Like, we are going to help you guys out. And they're like, all right, cool. Going to revive so, punishment sisters. Yeah, and, uh, oh, man, like, we're going to get into it when we get there. It's going to be so good. So the next scene is that it's the Kaku Rangers just by themselves, not with the sisters, Ninja, kind of like ninjaing in the school. They're in their, like, not hengade forms, but they're in their ninja costumes as they're rolling through the halls, and then they get trapped. Like, a cage, literally, like, a cage drops from the ceiling, and they are trapped in the hallway. Um, it's a school hallway. It's full of windows that they definitely could get out of, but they're trapped. Well, you know, they, they don't want to make this... Listen, budgets are tight for schools everywhere, and they know this. They don't want to have to start making these schools pay for all new windows, because they're probably already going to be doing some damage. Dude, do not even get me started on school budgets <laughs> and school cuts. I just... Guys... So, they are trapped in a hallway, and they are fighting with the Kunoichi Gumi, who have just arrived. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, so, like fight 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 like it's you know they're just kind of fighting and uh, then we see Kame Itachi is walking on the walking watching on the closed circuit tv like he's watching on the school's security cameras yeah and he is loving <laughs> it because the, the Kaku Rangers don't seem to be doing well in this fight he's like ah those guys are nothing like we got this and so he calls the kids like he uses the badge to like summon the children to attack and so the school doors open up and the kids come out and they come out, and they're just standing there for a second, and they're like, "Kama, kama, 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 chameleon." chameleon. Yeah, and then, and, uh, then they and <laughs> they all get their like evil juice boxes, which is how this yep. like, evil potion has been distributed. And then they turn into like half Kama Itachi, like they're definitely still little kids, but they've got tails and like weasel bat badger weasel weasel masks yeah. and then instead of hands they just have like these like hook claw things hook claw things yeah but then like other than that they're totally unchanged uh it's actually more creepy than if they had just all turned into yokai yeah because if and they had so, just turned into like you know a bunch of costumed like if they had turned into like dorodoros it would not have been creepy right but since they're right. still obviously the kids in like this half transformed state it's real weird looking yeah it's very very odd and so they, like, start to attack, and they kind of start to close in on Tsuruhime. And they're, like, pressing on her with her claws. And Kameitachi's like, yes, this is amazing. Like, that white ranger ain't nothing. She's got no heat. And and so they say, like, ah, oh, like, finish her off. And they all move in. 
and you know, Tsuruhime is crying for help, and the other Kaki Rangers are trying to get to her, but they can't because the can't do it. Kunoichi Gumi, Kunoichi Gumi are there, yeah. And then, uh, and then, as Kama Itachi is like in his office, a the window shatters, and like a shuriken flies through it, and it blows up his badge, like his Kama Itachi, like his master badge, I guess. And then it explodes, and then all the kids are like freed from mind control, and they turn back into regular kids. And he's like, "What's going on?" And it turns out that the Tsuruhime that was outside was like a paper doll transformation. It was awesome. Yes. And the real Tsuruhime was outside, like, I guess waiting for him to show his hand or like waiting for the, like when he like dropped his guard or something. Cause they just say like, this is the, like, ha ha ha, we got you. Like Tsuruhime was outside and now we're going to finish this. I, so okay, come- here's my theory about this is that they were waiting for him to use that badge to like, control the kids so that they could figure out how he was doing it so they could destroy it they never actually oh, that makes say sense. that but that's what i think makes sense here so kami tanji like runs outside he's furious and he's like standing on the ground and then we flash up to the top of the school and it's the ninja school girls it's the punishment sailor sisters is what they call themselves and this is awesome i don't know if it's more or less awesome knowing that they had a whole whole separate show but they have like a whole pose thing that they go through they have like a whole intro theme which where like they like talk about themselves and like we're the punishment sailor sisters sure, maiden's purity and white as snow the three sisters sparkling in the moonlight what was the third one uh, uh paper uh fly paper cranes blossom like the flowers Yes, thank you. I didn't write it down, but it was amazing. And this is it. The next best part is their weapons. They don't have weapons. They have rhythmic gymnastics implements. Yes. So Tsuruhime has a ball, and uh, one of the other ones has like a ribbon, and then the third one has. I'm not just like like spinny clubs. Yeah. They look like juggling clubs, but they're not. Yeah, they're sort of like a weirdly shaped, like thinner juggling club. That's like a little like it's thinner in the body, but a little more like like rounded it's, off on yeah edge. it's like a rhythmic gymnastics thing and so these are their weapons so they like so they jump down and they start attacking and here's how this fight goes so Tsuruhime throws the ball at Kameitachi and he's like yeah whatever and he just slices the ball in half but it was made out of rubber like liquid rubber I guess in the middle like a gumball and so now his sickle is coated in rubber and he can't use it and then the next one uses her ribbon to like spin at Kama Itachi and then grab his sickle out of his hands. And then the third one just has the, <laughs> the batons and she just throws them at Kama Itachi and they explode. Like they're just potato masher grenades. Yeah. Like they land in his mouth and then they explode. By the way, you called it a sickle, but that weapon is, I think he's actually using a comma. Oh yeah. That would, that would, which make I think is a well, nice a comma is a, well, I mean, a comma is just, isn't comma just the Japanese word for sickle? Like, isn't that? I honestly don't know, but I'm happy to look it up while we're talking. I'm, I'm pretty sure that that's the case. Like, I think the word comma just means sickle. Anyway. Anyway, yeah, but he, his, his name is Kama Itachi, and he is using a comma. Yeah, so uh, the Indian clubs explode, and then everybody's in the fight now. Like, the Rangers are out, the, their Henge, Kama, uh, the Kunoichigumi are there, they're fighting, and uh, Tsuruhime says, like, hey, girls, you go get all the kids out of the school, like to the two sisters. She says, you go get everybody out of the school. We're going to take care of this here. So Tsuruhime goes through. She henges 
but it's like a longer henge. Like they, we get into like a little more detail of like animation and she like the costume like appears on her in a pose and then like over her face and she like does a whole thing. And uh, this is great because Kamei like, dude, that was, he's just like, that was so cool. Like, I can't believe this. I, I, like, dude, I'm I still going to try and kill you. The monsters are like impressed by the heroes. My, my, my favorite thing about that whole transformation is how she tears off her one costume, is wearing her street clothes under it, and then transforms into her Kakuranger garb. Yeah, <laughs> she just had to make sure that you knew what she was. And yeah, yeah. Oh, by and the so Kamei Tanchi's like, I, this is amazing. I looked it up, um, and Kama is the word for sickle, just like, okay. like that thing. Itachi is just the word for weasel. So he, literally, he's oh. like, the, like the sickle weasel. That's pretty great, actually. I'm into that. So he, uh, so then the, what we get is a Kama Itachi versus Tsuruhime one-on-one fight. So Kama, he's like jetpack and his like wings flip down and he starts flying around and like attacking Tsuruhime. Tsuruhime just says like hidden ninpo white crane dance and white crane dance is just Tsuruhime can fly y'all. Yeah, the white crane dance is just now she is Jetman. Yeah, so she's just like starts flying around and uh, I obviously don't speak Japanese, but Tsuruhime definitely has like an individualized theme song that is playing in the background all during this fight. Oh yeah. I would love to know what the words are because like all I'm catching is Tsuruhime something 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 but like it's definitely there. And so this is now just an aerial battle with them like flying around and like attacking each other. Yeah. Uh, she finally does knock him down. And then like as he's on the ground, she does like a flyby strafe with her Kaku laser. Yeah. And, like, and that knocks him over. And as he is falling, she sort of like stops flying and goes into her like finish, like her solo finishing move, the Z cut. Yeah, it's a good, like, it's a cool fight. What's great is that that's it. Like, yeah, I was just going to say. There's no giant fight. Like, Tsurukime just straight murders this dude. Yeah, I was really, I mean, what's funny is, like, I was so into the fight that I didn't think about it until just now that, yeah, he doesn't go giant. There is no Kakure Daishogun. It's just Tsurukime wrecking this fool. So that's that. Uh, The final scene is we're back at the beach. And the two sisters are talking to Suruhime. It's like kind of them alone. And they're like, hey, it was really great to see you. Like it was fun uh, to be anytime back in you action. need us. Right. Anytime you need us, we're always there for you. And knowing actually that this was a whole separate show, this, this particular moment is a lot cooler, I think. Yeah. Because it's a little callback like, hey, we're always there for you, which I thought was great. And then. Uh, then Tsuruhime has, like, a really weird moment. She just, like, smiles at her friends that they've had this, like, heartwarming moment. And then she just steps away, like, over to where, like, the sand and the water meet. And she just starts playing her flute again, which is a little bit weird. Uh, and then there's a poem, which I guess was written by young Tsuruhime. And then, and then that's it. That's the end of the episode. Yeah, it's like, there's a little, like... It's it, it ends in sort of that same weird poetry way that it began, but the, the words of it are written like as though they're being like handwritten on the screen. Yeah. It's like Surihime, age 16, the end. The end. And then that's that's it. So, dude, that was... Uh, I was super into that episode. That was like a really, really cool episode. Yeah, it's, I mean, it's obviously sort of like a unique, weird one because it's like a very specific call. Yeah, like it's a, a bit of a one off, but. But I, lo- like, I loved it. Also, apparently yeah, no, that, was... that show 
the show that they were all on, did have a crossover episode with Ultraman. Huh. So if we're going to okay. try to get back into like the Crisis on Infinite Dan's to like create a joint universe for all of these different franchises, like yeah, we gotta I, I try and like figure out what's going on. Part of that puzzle. Yeah. So um, so yeah, that's the episode, Matt. Where 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 does Kama Itachi fall on on the Creature Royale? Dude, I'm gonna say pretty high. Yeah, he's got. I think the thing is like his plan is he's only like mostly successful with his plan. Like he does manage to like at this one school, but the plan is just so novel. Like it's such a weird, like it's such a weird and sort of like creepy idea. Like I really, really dig him. You know what's weird about Kama Itachi is that he almost feels more like a Doctor Who villain than a Super Sentai monster. Huh? I wouldn't have thought to say that, but you're totally right. So and, and maybe uh, yeah, that's I'm looking... just because like there were a couple of weird like school episodes around David Tennant's time where like remember the one where they go and like K nine is in it weirdly. Oh yeah, that is a and like all the monsters, all the teachers have been replaced by like bat people yeah. or something. So maybe maybe I'm just thinking of that specific Doctor Who reference, but okay. So let me just like throw it out there: Sarugami the Ninja Monkey, better or worse? Um, just as a design, I think Ninja Monkey was better, but as like a full, oh, actually, you know, okay, I think that's a good place to start looking, actually, because it's an interesting comparison, right? Because they're both cool looking yeah. monsters. With, they are? And they both have a really interesting plan, because, um, what was his name again? Tsurugami? Sarugami, Sar- yeah. Sarugami. You know, like, he had this whole thing where he had to, like, learn their special move and then mimic it back to them. And then they had to figure out how to, like, defeat that. Um, And he was sneaking around and pretending to be the leader of this dojo and getting them to sympathize with him. And he had all these kids on his side that turned out to be Dorodoros in the end. Like, there was a lot going on in that episode. There was a lot going on. Well, I tell you what. This one. It... Yeah, it actually weirdly is. Uh, well, in that case, I'm going to say I think I like Sarugami a little bit better than I like than I like Kame Itachi. Okay, so do you want to put him uh, He's just a ninja below. monkey, but like, yeah, straight up, because just below him is Umibozu, the Navy monster, and then the Shooting Doji brothers, and Kukagan, and then Oborogumura. And I like, I definitely like Kame Itachi better than all of those dudes. So. Okay, well, let's put him there. So yeah. what what number does that put him into on the list? So that puts him at uh, slot number twenty four. Number twenty four. Okay. And that I think Dave is going to do it for another episode of A View to a Cocky Ranger. Before we finish up here, I'd like to remind you all you can email the show at supersentibrothers at gmail.com. If you want to get any updates on future episodes or check out the things that we're talking about on Twitter, we are at supersentibros. If you like the show, please remember, shining in the iTunes review section, there are five stars. Rate, review, subscribe on iTunes. That's what's going to help new people find the show. Super Sentai Brothers are a production of Retrograde Orbit Radio. If you would like to listen to any of the other great Retrograde Orbit Radio shows, you can find them all at RetrogradeOrbitRadio.com. Once again, we're the Super Sentai Brothers. I'm Matt. I'm Dave. And we'll see you next week, or perhaps the week after, for the greatest (laughs) show on Earth.